श्री श्री राघोविंद की जाय गोविंद की जाय श्री कोई वचना गुरु परंपरा की जाय श्री चैतन्य चरितामृता की जाय गौर भक्तवृंद की जाय गौर प्रेम आनंदे so good evening everyone welcome and tonight we continue with our discussion from chaitanya charitamrita's ramananda samvad the uh, central conversation between roy ramananda and chaitanya mahaprabhu as to the goal of life and how to attain it and he's taken us from the very beginning idea of of religion <clears throat> to the high idea of madhurya rasa going through so many different religious ideas ramananda is presenting mahaprabhu is saying hmm, i don't like that say something more this is good improve upon that and so uh, and so forth and we've come to madhurya rasa and within madhurya rasa now the the uh, the uh, the prem the prem of radha and then Then Mahaprabhu asked to hear something about the the tattva of Krishna. So he went from a very high point of bhava to uh, and feeling to some philosophy. And when Ramananda explained Krishna tattva, then as they, he came down to speak philosophically, and from that philosophical canvas, he he drew out a picture. Hmm? and further illustrated the, the the sentiment the feeling that is bhagavan shri krishna so it's hard to keep a good man down so to speak <laughs> um but this tattva is of course the the groundwork as they often re- refer to it as the canvas on which the art of krishna leela is drawn it is the philosophy that that if that out of which a feeling comes that is worth having hmm? and so having explained something about krishna tattva now he will go on tonight to speak about radha tattva and as he did with krishna tattva ramananda will begin speaking philosophically and then he will speak poetically and with feeling in an effort to explain something about the mahabhav that radha is the personification of so we'll go over this section briefly He says, "Eighteen, sankshepe kohila Krishna raswarup, ebe sankshepe kohishuna radhatvarupa." Ramananda continued, "I have thus explained Krishna's swarup, the swarup of Krishna, in some kind of summary way. Ebe sankshepe kohishuna. Now, please hear." Radha Tatvarupa. I will explain about the ontological truth about the the form of Radha. Radha Tatvarupa. Hmm? It says Krishna ra ananta shakti tatetin pradhan chit shakti maya shakti chiv shakti nam. So here he begins to elaborate on the shakti tatva, the principle of shakti. We heard about the principle of shakti man. the power and the powerful i should say and now the power this is a very interesting uh philosophical 
concept. Hmm. Krishna being the, the, uh, the, the powerful and Radha personifying the power that manifests in multifarious ways and by which so many things are accomplished. Hmm. Amongst those many um, ways in which the primal shakti or power hmm, as Radha manifests, there are three principal ways. And so he is going to explain briefly about the three principal ways hmm, that the shakti tattva manifests and within that how one of them is um, most important and is fully representative of Radha, while the others are, in a sense, partially representative of Radha, as much as all the shaktis are manifest from her, just like we have from Krishna, so many um, uh, avatars, uh, prakash manifestations. Avatar implies from from the other world to this world, descending. Prakash means largely within that world, without uh, avatar crossing crossing down. Hmm? So different types of uh, manifestations or expansions and descents of Bhagavan, many faces of God. Hmm? We uh, we hear from the Bhagavatam that there are many, how many? Asankhya, uncountable. Hmm? So this is a nice idea. It's very, it's very kind of inclusive. Hinduism tends to be inclusive, and and Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, is very much so as well. Um, and so, arguably, with innumerable faces of God, there is room for many different uh, conceptions, many different uh, varied uh, experiences of transcendence that will arguably carry. Um, or they would appear at least to carry um, from this world some cultural similarities. Hmm? But the other way to look at it, of course, is that this, the, 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 the effect is in the cause. This is a primary uh, doctrine of Vedanta. The effect is in the cause. So, effect is the world. The cause is Brahman. So, there's a likeness in the world to Brahman. And if Brahman is anything other than nirvishesh, without qualities, qualityless, then what qualities will, it, will be manifest there? Why would they be something entirely different than the qualities, for example, of human experience? So the idea here is, again, that the effect is in the cause it manifests... Um, and to use maybe a, a Christian simplistic way of saying it, that man and woman, to add upon that, are made in the image of God. Something like So we can have even the possibility of archangels and Krishna's, Krishna, or Jesus, Loka, or something is possible. Hmm. Wherever we see real ego-effacing, um, sainthood and experiential spiritual life, then hmm, we we uh, honor that. Hmm? And so, at the same time, of course, we have our faith, and our faith has some objective yardstick to it that we, we bring to bear. Hmm? 
to convince ourselves and sometimes others of its of its value. Hmm? And um, and in Krishna, well, we have just gone through this, of course. In Krishna, we find, arguably, if you really study carefully, the etymological meaning of the word, the most perfect nomenclature for the absolute. It's not a sectarian idea, but we've gone through this now at, at some some length. So, included within that, as there are many faces of God, the idea is here, so there are many faces of the Shakti of God. So we have Krishna and Radha, and from Krishna many faces of God, and from Radha many faces of the potency of God, the Shakti of God. Shakti and Shaktiman. Shaktiman, the powerful, and Shakti, the power. Hmm? And there are some examples we can invoke to help us uh, appreciate this concept. But here it says, Krishna Shakti. Krishna has unlimited Shaktis. Excuse me, Tate, Teen Pradhan. As I said, we were gonna, there are three of them that are principal. Hmm? Teen, three, Pradhan. Three principal ones. Chit Shakti, Maya Shakti, Jeev Shakti Nam. Hmm? So, I think you can understand this. Their names are the Chit Shakti, the Maya Shakti, and the Jeeva Shakti. And he says, Antaranga Bahiranga, Tatasta Kahidjari, Antaranga Surup Shakti, Sabara Upari. Basically, he says, and they're also called Antaranga, Antar means within, Antaranga, Bahiranga. Bahir means outside. So there's an inner, Shakti to Bhagavan. There's an outer Shakti. Hmm. And Tatasta Kohijari. Tatasta means in between. Hmm. So there's an inner Shakti, outer Shakti, in between Shakti. Hmm. Antaranga Srup Shakti, Sabara Upare. And the Antaranga Shakti, also known to complicate things as the Srup Shakti, he says, hmm. is the superior amongst these three. So Antaranga, of course, refers to the external energy, the outside, hmm? and, um, excuse me, inside, Antaranga, and Bahiranga, the outside, and Tatasta. Tata means like, uh, it means the shore. Hmm? So the line that demarks water from the land, which you can't put your finger on, hmm? but it's there. Something like that. It means that the it means with regard to the jiva shakti that the jiva is both nature and nurture. Hmm? Both it has a nature, and within the context of its nature, there's a potential. So it's something that exists and exists with a potential, and that potential will be realized in relation to the land or the sea, one side or the other that it's associated with, its environment, that's the nurture. So it has some potential. That potential will be nurtured by the environment it's in. And we'll have, as a result of that nurture, (coughs) personality, qualitative experiences, apprehension. Without an environment, what's there to apprehend? What's there to experience? That's why in Advaitavad, Advaita Vedanta, there is no primal Shakti. The, the, the Maya Shakti is kind of an in, in imposition on Brahman. It doesn't really exist. And the ultimate state is thought to be just one of pure awareness. 
there's really nothing to be aware of. Hmm? And no environment in which to exercise any will and therefore create differentiation and be a, a person. Hmm? Really. Hmm? Person is based on choices, differences, so on. So, a very different idea here in Gaudivedanta. Hmm? The Tathasta Shakti is, can, can reside on either side, on the shore or the land, on the influence of the Bahiranga Shakti, the external energy, or on the influence of the Antaranga or the Sarup Shakti. Hmm? It's the Sarup Shakti that he wants to talk about here, of course. Hmm? And that in relation to Bhagawan, hmm? primarily, rather than about the Jeev Shakti and the Maya Shakti. But just to give kind of a, an example, uh, we can say, to help us understand all of these, we can say that we could compare Bhagawan Krishna, hmm, the Swarupa Bhagawan, to a blazing fire. Hmm? And the the heat and the light of the fire, we tend immediately not to think of them as separate, but we can talk about them as in a way as separate. There's, they are the potency of the fire, the heat and the light, but they're so intertwined with the blazing fire hmm? that that they're kind of more one than different, but in, so we can get some sense of there's a, we can distinguish between the heat and the light and the fire itself. Hmm? So the fire, if the fire is Bhagavan, the heat and the light is his Swarup Shakti. The spark, let us say, is the Jeev Shakti. The smoke is the Maya Shakti. The, the difference between the Jeev Shakti and the Sarup Shakti, in one sense, is that the heat and light of, the fi- of a blazing fire cannot be covered by the smoke that it produces, if it's blazing, right? If you don't get it blazing in my house, then it smokes the place up pretty bad, the way it's set up, but all of you who have tried know that it happens sometimes. But a blazing fire, there will be some smoke, but it cannot cover the blaze of the fire. It could uh, cover the spark, which will go out the chimney with, with the smoke. And that spark really doesn't give any heat, light, in any meaningful way in comparison to the fire and its blaze, its heat, its heat and light. So the Jeev Shakti can be covered by the smoke, but the smoke cannot cover the heat and the light. So Maya Shakti can cover the Jeev Shakti. And it sheds no meaningful light separated from the fire. From from the from the the summon substance of the heat and the light, if you can think of it like that, different from the spark, hmm? there's kind of a, a quantitative difference there. Hmm? So while the smoke can cover the the, the, the spark, hmm? <coughs> the smoke can't cover the heat and the light. So Maya Shakti cannot cover hmm? the Surup Shakti. Maya Shakti can cover the Jeev Shakti. And if the Jeev Shakti should be uncovered from Maya, 
still it's, it doesn't shed any meaningful heat or light in comparison to the heat and light that is not turned into sparks, but is, 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 a, is a whole, so to speak. Hmm? So the jeev unto itself, even if it's freed from the influence of smoke or the maya shakti, doesn't have the power to illuminate. The spark doesn't have the power to illuminate the fire. Hmm? But the he and the light, they're so tied to the fire. Hmm? This is the sarup shakti. If the spark comes within the influence of the sarup shakti, then it's part of the fire, so to speak, in a meaningful sense. It can participate in all that the fire in and of itself does. So this is a way of thinking about these three shaktis. And again, the point here that he's raising is that there are three principal shaktis, and the principal among them is the sarup shakti. So as I've often said, these shaktis are non-different from their source, Bhagavan. They're, they're different, excuse me, they're non-different and they're different at the same time. They're as different as we can talk about them, a person and his potency. But they're not separate from the, from the person either. So in that sense, they're one. And among them again, the... Maya Shakti is one and different from Krishna, but more different than one. The Swarup Shakti is more one than different. What about the Jeev Shakti? It's also more one than different, but not as much more one as the Swarup Shakti is with Bhagavan. And this is the, this is what he wants to come to, because the Swarup Shakti is personified in the essence of it, as Sri Radha. Mm-hmm. And so, this is Radha Tattva, so she is really um, w- one with Krishna, one and different, but this whole, where we're going with all this, of course, is, is the unity of Radha and Krishna that is fully accomplished in the person of Sri Chaitanya. This is where this is all going. Ramananda's ask, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's asking, what is the goal of life? Ramananda's answering, He'll get to the end, and the goal of life is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embodies himself, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will, will cover his mouth as, he, as what he's saying translates into that. Hmm? And uh, so, anyway, Krishnadas is broadcasting it, <laughs> taking the hand off the mouth and letting the world know what is the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, the Swarup Shakti, hmm? amongst, amongst them all, this is the primary Shakti. Hmm? It's like the breathing of Krishna, something like that. If you breathe, you exist happily. But there's things, you can breathe in certain ways that certain things happen that then make for more, so to speak. You can count your breath and and, and watch it. Or you can do other things with your breath that cause wonderful things to happen. Something like that. So, Krishna is full in himself. Hmm? And this is, of course, a question that arises. If Krishna is God, he's full in himself. What's with, you know, Radha? What does he need somebody else for? And people ask sometimes, well, God has everything. (laughs) Why should we give anything to him? He has everything. 
He's full. He's complete. He's, we're the people that need things. <laughs> he doesn't need anything. So, does he go out? And if he goes outside of himself for happiness, brings into question his position. So, the point he wants to make here is that this Sarup Shakti is not outside of him in one sense. It's, so, it's like the heat and light to the fire. Hmm? Inseparable. So this, and he, he, he'll go on to say, well, he, 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 first, he wants to, first he wants to quote a verse. So Mahabrabhu asked him, tell me what the goal of life is and how to attain it, and whatever statement you make, locate it on the scriptural map. Hmm? Located on the map of, of Revelation. Hmm? So I, it's not just your feeling, your opinion, but it's the standard of knowledge. Hmm? Revelation will support what you say. So he, he quotes now uh, from Vishnu Purana, famous verse, Vishnu Shakti Prapukta Chetrakya Chathapara Abhidya Karma Sangaya Tutiya Shakti Ishate. Oh, Vishnu Purana says, the original Potency, shakti of Bhagavan is superior, para, or spiritual. The living entity belongs to that para, shakti, and that it's conscious, and consciousness. Hmm? And there's a third energy called material energy. Hmm? And it is abhidyakarma. It is full of ignorance and the action that, that follows ignorance. The, the action that, uh, that uh, is concomitant to uh, the ignorance of attachment. This is karma. Sachirananda Maya, Krishna Swarup, Atev Swarup Shakti Hoitin Rup. Originally, Krishna is Sachirananda Vigraha. We heard that when he described Krishna. The transcendental form of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. Therefore, his personal potency, the internal potency, has also three different forms. Corresponding with Sachirananda of Krishna Swarup is the same thing found in the Sarup Shakti, but in a super excellent way. He says, Arandamse Hladini Sadangse Sandhini. Chidanse Sambit Yare Gyan Korimone. The Ananda, Amsa, the particle of Anamsa, of, of Ananda, of bliss, hmm, that the Swarup of Krishna is constituted of, manifests as in the Sarup Shakti as Hladini. The part, the Amsa that is uh, hmm, Sad, 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 manifests as your eternity, manifests as sandini, existence. And chit amse, chit, the particle of chit, of knowledge, manifests as sambit. So these are special manifestations of sad, chit, ananda, so much so that they have different names. Ladini, sandini, sambit. So he's saying this is this this potency, this shakti is in Krishna. Hmm? So Krishna in his swarup, he can experience Satchidananda, but it's as if contemplating his own Atmaram, hmm? self joy, the joy that he's constituted of hmm? as a as a as an entity. Hmm? He comp- he con- as if he contemplates the joy and ex- wants to explore what is that joy. Hmm? And so the joy, correspondingly, because he's such a sankalpa, whatever he wants, it happens, manifests outside. Hmm? That hladini, hmm? 
Sandini Samvit, a very special kind of knowing, special kind of existence that is primarily Ananda Ladini manifests. This, this is the act. This is Radha. So Radha, Krishna, and then Radha. Of course, there's no time here, but we're limited by language and our uh, experience and uh, reasoning and so forth. So the one Krishna becomes two. So his own Swarup Ananda manifests. And when it manifests outside of him, he now has an object to repose his loving propensity in, other than himself. We've given the example before. The jiva can have Atmananda, the joy of itself. It is a particle of Ananda. It is the joy of the world. I've often said that the jiva is the object of love in the world. It's ourself that we love. Matter can't reciprocate. We make it appear to be alive, and we think it's reciprocating with us, but it's really ourselves projecting ourselves into something material, attaching ourselves to it, and giving it meaning to ourselves thereby, interacting with it, but it's the self that we enjoy, that we love. It has the capacity to love. Matter doesn't. So it's consciousness that has ananda. He said here, there's one, really, there's one shakti manifest in many ways. He said three principal ways. There's the sarup shakti, this is the one, so to speak. It manifests in two other ways, as jiv shakti and maya shakti. If we have in the sarup shakti, lanini, sandini, samvit, bliss, existence, and knowing, so we also find this in the jiva, but not in the same way. We find Satchitananda. We don't find Sambit, Ladini, Sandini, but the same principle is, is operative. You understand? It exists, the jiva. It has capacity to love. And it has a capacity to apprehend, to know. And then we have the Maya Shakti. So there's some pleasure in relation to Maya Shakti. Hmm? Really, it's pain, but <laughs> it appears that we say in another way of speaking about it, it is asat, achit, and nirananda. So here you have the sarup shakti kind of turned around backwards. And in the jiva, somewhere in the middle. Again, it could be covered by the smoke, but it could be uncovered by the smoke. Still, its position would be enhanced that much more if it could come within the heat and the light itself. Then, as its Satchitananda can kind of raise, rise to the, with a better investment of more capital to experience what we call Ladini, Sandini, Samvit. Similarly, on the other end of the spectrum, Krishna, who has his own Satchitananda in his Swarup, when it manifests externally as Radha, it becomes more extraordinary. The person, he now has an object to repose himself in. Hmm? It's like the jiva can love itself, but Atmananda and Bhaktiananda are two different things. Hmm? You can love yourself, or you could have so many people who loved you and would enhance your capacity to love. There's another. And we, we even may even bring into question the meaning of love without another. It's very interesting because there needs to be another, and the, the other and you need to be one hmm? at the same time. Hmm?
Again, this is the B2B equation, if you will. There needs to be another, and you need to be one with the other. Not in a way that one cancels out the other, but a dynamic kind of unity. And this is coming even with regard to Krishna. Krishna manifests his swarup, his his he examines his Surabha Shakti as it's manifest as it's unmanifest within him, causes it to manifest externally, and it's so his potency, so extraordinary, his primal potency, that now he who was Atmananda, Atmarama, becomes Pararama. Hmm? Atmaramata, Pararamata, this is a term used by Bhakti Vinod. They think he's unique in this regard. But it's very interesting. Atmarama means fully self-satisfied. Hmm? The jeev can be fully self-satisfied, but if it comes to touch with Bhakti, suddenly you find it becomes dissatisfied by comparison. What's the example? Sukadeva in Bhagavatam. Hmm? Sarnaka asked, if Sugadev was fully self-satisfied, he left home right after he's born, the story goes, and just didn't know, didn't have any samskars, or he just went to the forest and didn't need anybody. He's fully content, complete, optikam, atmaram, self-satisfied. Why then did he take up the study of the Bhagavatam? He was near Granta, beyond books. Hmm? Granta means book, Granta means not. He was beyond the knot of material existence. He was beyond thinking. The implication is, and he knew. <laughs> what you cannot know by thinking. But he took the trouble to study the Bhagavatam. And the answer comes, of course, a famous verse, Atmaramas Chamunayonya Granta Api Urukrame, Kurvanti Hoitaki Bhaktim Itam Hari. The answer is, such is the nature, the qualities of Hari. That what? That they attract the Atmaram. One who has no attraction for Maya has no ignorance. We said, there's nothing there in Maya. We create an appearance of something being present in Maya. We, we, value, we, we create a value that is not there otherwise. But it's, of course, here today and gone tomorrow because everything around us is moving, changing. We're the observer of the constant, ever-changing uh, material phenomena. We're sought, we don't transform. And everything around us is transforming. One of my students today asked me, is it, is it really possible to attain nishta in this life? Nishta is an interim goal, if you will. Your bhakti becomes steady and, and so forth. I said, what's the concern with this life or next life? Hmm? Here you are, you live here. Uh, and you see, how many times have you cut down uh, weeds and they grow back again? Hmm? You're seeing things are dying all the time and growing back. You never give it another thought. Why should you give so much thought about you? <laughs> But your body, it's just another combination of what the weeds or trees are made out of here. Hmm? And what we see is it grows, it, 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 it manifests, and it becomes unmanifest. It's the same thing happening to you. It's happening all around you all the time. You don't think much of it. Hmm? Why should you think so much of one particular combination of matter that you call your body and think it's yourself? That's why. That's why it's a problem, because you think it's yourself. You've identified with one particular configuration of matter. Hmm? But be objective about it. Step back. You don't think about that with regard to any other configuration of matter. Hmm? And this configuration is transforming just like every other one. It's going to go through the same thing. Hmm? It's going on all around you, just going on as if nothing's happening. Birth and death are just, you know, a thought. Hmm? 
But for you, you're caught in this one space, this one thought. Hmm. So you have to get to the point, it doesn't matter. Death is, is not an issue. Hmm. How far I will get in this life? <laughs> you're eternal. Hmm. What is it? How far you will get in You shouldn't think like that. Hmm. And as you come to not think like that, then you become satisfied, then you become absorbed in, in your practice. Hmm. Again, many people want to know, how soon will I get there? When you stop thinking about having to get there, Mahaprabhu said, Mama Janmani Janmani Bhakti I don't care about going. I'm just doing bhakti. Hmm? I'm experiencing bhakti ananda. Even Atmananda looks small in comparison. Hmm? So anyway, Sukadev, he was attracted such as the nature of the qualities of really attract even someone who's Atmaram, who's completely detached from matter, who sees I'm not I don't transform, matter transforms, I'm not that. Hmm? I'm the object of real of love and bliss in this world. I may take shelter of myself, and you have nothing to do, nowhere to go. Hmm. But he got up. He heard some verses from the Bhagavatam in the forest. His father sent out the woodcutter and gave him some, some poetry from the Bhagavatam to sing in the forest that his son might hear it. Hearing that, he had a transformation. Hmm? What is that? And I have no attraction to anything in the world, but I'm attracted to that. What is so Itam Buddha Guna is the explanation. Such is the nature of the qualities of Hari, that they attract even Atmaramas. So, as the Atmaram, self-satisfied person, hmm, can be attracted to Bhakti, similarly Krishna has an Atmarama status. He's full in himself. Hmm? More full than the Jiva can be, but still, he's Atmaram. Hmm? But when he manif- when his Shakti manifests as Radha, hmm, and there's an opportunity now to have an object of love in which he can invest his loving propensity, his life has new meaning. <laughs> Atmaram is on the low, low, low end of rasa. Maybe even below rasa. From Atmaram to Shantarasa, this is the beginning of rasa. This is uh, the very little Sarup Shakti manifest there. Hmm? You go to the other end of the spectrum. This is where he's going with it. You go to the other end of the whole spectrum. And from being Atmarama, hmm, Krishna becomes into this state that's very charming to us. Hmm? From Atmaram to Param. Hmm? Atmaramata to Paramatmata. Hmm? It means he's fully dissatisfied. He, he, he feels incomplete, actually incomplete. In other words, the experience of being self-satisfied hmm, for Krishna looks very small and insignificant hmm, in comparison to hmm, the possibility of ananda, of joy, when interacting with his Swarup Shakti that's manifest as the person of Radha. Hmm? So this is a kind of a, a, a philosophical explanation of, of, of this charming condition that we talk about at times uh, of Krishna. That he's, he, without Radha's love, he feels he's nothing. He's, how, how can the, the 
fully self-satisfied Godhead be in want like this? Hmm? So the argument, of course, is it's, he's not really going outside of himself. Hmm? This is his own parashakti. Hmm? That's how much the parashakti is, is one with him, one and different. But we emphasize the difference because in that condition, when the parashakti manifests outside, so to speak, of Krishna, is the person of Radha. Hmm? Then you have something called Swarup Shakti Ananda, rather than the Swarup Ananda of Krishna. That's what we mean by Hladini, Sandini, Sambit. Satchit Ananda, like on, on steroids, something like that. Hmm? And, 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 and the extraordinary existence of Golok is manifest, and all the possibilities of Rasta that are found within, within Radha. Hmm? This is the ground Krishna's, um, rather than Atmaram Pararamata, is the ground in which the Parakiya takes place. Hmm? And the two, separated, hmm? feel incomplete. Hmm? And they long to unite, but their unification is not simply the unmanifesting, if you will, of the Sarup Shakti into a previous for lack of a better way of talking about it, condition. We say that Srupa Shakti manifests out of Krishna as Radha. To bring her back in is not, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't do it. Now she's separate, and of course it's eternal. She, the two eternally become, the one eternally becomes two, in that language of Srupa Damodar. Radha Krishna Pranai, Vikuti Ladini Shakti Rasmad. Radha is the transformation of Krishna's love. Hmm? we call Hadini Shakti, manifest as a person hmm? next to him. Now he feels empty without her. She feels empty without him. That emptiness is super, extraordinarily blissful. <laughs> and it causes them to want to unify. Hmm? And they unify in a dynamic way. This is, what is, this is the Mahabhav. Hmm? This is where this is going. Hmm? The two want to become one. Hmm? And what will happen, you'll see, we, we go further, not tonight, but we'll go further. See, they become one to the extent that Radha thinks she's Krishna, Krishna thinks she's Radha, but they still have a problem now. There's still two of us. We want to be one. Hmm? The problem is resolved in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Srubhadamara said it beautifully, Radha Krishna Pranai Bhikkhuti Ladini Shakti Rasmat E Katmanav one becomes two, the two become one, and that unification of the two into one, that is, this is rasa. When we say Brahman is one, we're back to like Atmarama. When we say, as the Taitarei Upanishad says, Brahman is rasa, we have to have two to have rasa. And the two have to become one in a dynamic sense that, that, that causes a movement hmm, in the absolute. This is what we call lila. Without the other, there's no movement. Brahman is still, as we've often said. So the swarup shakti, hmm, this is the primal shakti. Hmm? He says, Ladini sandini sambit 
थवाई एक सर्वसंशाये लारत थापो कोरी मिजु थवाई नो गुण बढ़जीते दिस इज फ्रॉम विष्णु पुराण आल्सो माय लॉर्ड यू आर द ट्रांसेंडेंटल रिजर्वर ऑफ ट्रांसेंडेंटल क्वालिटीज योर प्लेजर पोटेंसी दैट मींस इज स्वरूप शक्ति एक्जिस्टेंस पोटेंसी एंड नॉलेज पोटेंसी आर ऑल एक्चुअली वन इंटरनल स्पिरिचुअल पोटेंसी द कंडीशन सोल ऑल actually spiritual sometimes experiences pain and pleasure this is due to his being touched by matter but because you are above all material qualities these are not found in you hmm? your superior spiritual potency is completely transcendental and for you there is no such thing as relative pleasure pleasure mixed with pain or pain itself so he's saying these affairs of Radha and Krishna they're conducted by the ladini shakti they are full of ecstasy even when there's separation and union and and uh, and the the uh, differences between them and so on and so forth has nothing to do with material existence he's laying all this foundation because if you go in now and we talk about radha personally from a feeling from a poetic point of view and leela then there is this possibility of equating it with something mundane so he wants to give this and appropriately so this philosophical kind of groundwork hmm? krishna ke aladhe tate nam ladini se shakti dware sukha aswade apani hmm? the potency called haladini gives krishna transcendental pleasure through this pleasure potency krishna personally tastes all spiritual <coughs> pleasures so with the manifestation of radha bhakti devi all types of bhakti become possible hmm? and he says shukrupa krishna kore shukka ashpadan bhaktagane shukadite ladini karan lord krishna tastes all kinds of transcendental happiness although he himself is happiness personified still in relation to his shukra shakti now his happiness is increasing unlimited is increasing the pleasure relished by his pure devotees is also manifested by his pleasure potency so means that krishna becomes radha krishna and again bhakti becomes possible everybody has a little radha all of the a little bit of radha in them is the idea a little bit of that to one extent or, or another depending on nature of their relationship with krishna ladinira sar angsa tar prem nam anandachin mai rasa premer akhyan so the most essential part now he said the sarup shakti is the amongst the three is the primary shakti now he's going to say within that it's constituted of ladini sandini and sambit he says the most essential part of the pleasure potency hmm, of of ladini hmm, is called prem consequently the explanation of prem or love of god is he wants to say it's full of rasa and it can't be explained he wants to say what i'm really talking about here is something that can't be explained you have to experience it yourself but i'm trying hmm? you've asked me chaitanya mahapur i'm trying to say something about it hmm? so he's starting now to go and he's given some philosophical kind of groundwork but he's going he's a rasika so he's he's he says i'm trying to say something about it that you know it's not ordinary hmm? that people may understand hmm? um but what it is can't really be explained you have to taste prem to know prem 
The more you say you know it and try to think you can explain it comprehensively, the, least, the less you know about it. He says, the essential part of love, O God, it is called, within Prem, the essence of the, the Ladini is Prem, hmm? the essence of Prem, he says, is Mahabhav. Hmm? And, say Mahabhav Rup Radhatakurani. And that Mahabhav, that is, the, that is in, in form, manifesting in a form, that is Radharani. Hmm? So, this is his philosophical explanation of Radha, um, Tattva, and he cites a couple of verses here. He'll cite from Rupa Goswami first, and then Brahma Samhita. Tayor api ubayor madhye radika sarvathadika. Mahababa surupeyam gunayar atit pariyasi. So he's, this is his evidence now. He's, he's citing. He says, among the gopis of Vrindavan, Radha and another gopi are considered chief. But when we compare the gopis, it appears that Radha is the top, is the most important because her real feature expresses the highest ecstasy of love. The ecstasy of love experienced by the other gopis can't be compared to that of Radharani. Say Mahabhav hoi chintamani sar Krishna vanchapuna kare ki That supreme ecstasy of Radha is the essence of, her, of spiritual life. Her only business is to fulfill the desires of Krishna. Radha is the topmost spiritual gem. And the other gopis, Lalita, Vishaka, and so on, are expansions of her body. So he says, Mahabhav Chintamani Radhara Swarup. Hmm? Radharani is the touchstone. Hmm? Chintamani. She can fulfill all the desires of Krishna. Her transcendental body is. Oh, well. I think we missed a verse here. Yes, Ananda Chinmaya Rasa Pratibhavita Bistabiri Ebani Jurupataya Kalabhi. Goloka Eva Nivasati Akilatma Bhutto. Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Majami. So he, what he's explaining here is that, 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 that Radha is fully spiritual and she is the full potency of Krishna and can fully satisfy Krishna. And he says, other gopis can't, and now he explains, and these other gopis, by the way, they are all partial manifestations of Radha. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so love is is full of many different types of, of feelings, emotions, and so forth. So Radha is all of them combined, and she manifests as particular aspects of herself, mm-hmm. as individuals, mm-hmm. for the satisfaction of Krishna, when just that alone is desired. Mm-hmm. So when, we, when there's competition, we say Radharani is better. He wants to explain this so that we don't get a mundane conception of this. Hmm? this all, these are all manifestations of sarup shakti. Hmm? So all these different principal gopis the, the, in her group, the, the, those who are, who are uh, neutral, the opposing groups and so forth, they're all manifestations of Radha herself. Hmm? This is what the verse from Brahma Samhita says. And the idea here, of course, is that, that as Ras Shastra explains, there, there must be variety for tasting rasa. It's thought that, well, Ram is very noble. He had only one wife. That's true. Hmm? But Sita did not manifest in so many ways. 
to be able to satisfy Ram. That happens in, with Krishna when Ram manifests. She's one, one consort, but very extraordinary. She loves him so much that she, every part of herself, so to speak, every emotion is manifests as a separate entity. Hmm? Should that be desired? Here it is. Hmm? So you, from the, if you properly understand this verse of Brahma Samhita, this inf- infusion, pratibhavitavis, hmm, that uh, of prem that causes the other gopis to manifest. This is all how much Radha is the embodiment of love of Krishna. Hmm? They are all speaking to that point. Hmm? And of course, now you know, there's two ways to talk about all this, as we're doing now from the point of tattva. In the point of lila kata and and bhava and so forth, then when, you, when you're talking like that, then they they're, they're against one another. They're definitely different. You don't want to go over there, and so on and so forth. So that's all for the the feeling side. But in order that that isn't understood or misunderstood, looked at to be something mundane, then this philosophical background or canvas is first drawn. So from there, then he will go now into a very poetic description of Radha. Hmm. Um, and um, her lower dress means this, her upper dress means this, and she's not wearing Western dress, by the way. And all these things mean something, and the aesthetics of the culture, and so on and so forth. And so he'll, he'll take from Raghunath Goswami some very beautiful Sanskrit verses. He's going to put them all in poetry and go from a philosophical tattva kind of explanation to just entering into the feeling and you can't really make much out of it other than well you can we'll try to but that this is worth this is extraordinary this is uh, this is uh, something hmm, beyond beyond thinking beyond talking you have to go there hmm. so in this way some some discussion on the Radha Tatvarup any question yes uh, you mentioned much how um, in the Krishna experience, experiences in the happiness, the union with God, in various concepts. They nourish one another, but yeah. But I was thinking, um, since Krishna and his Shakti is one, how is it possible that can, there can be the Prabhupada? that kind of like thinking from a point of view of Baba? How can there really be separation when they're one? Yeah, well, those are those are different angles of vision and experience. Hmm? Um, so that is the uh, kind of the, the work, really, if you will, of Krishna's internal potency in the form of Yoga Maya. Hmm? So the, the, so that the tattvas put put aside, so to speak, retired, hmm? kind of suppressed, feeling comes out. And that's what happens, practically speaking. We feel and we forget and say, yes, that's true, but I feel like this, and we do something else. And so in Golov, the feeling, the, the tattva's there, but the feeling rises up, hmm? suppresses the tattva, and there's an unknowing hmm? that is a greater knowing than the knowing. Mm-hmm. When we talk about from a philosophical point of view, there's some kind of knowing. Mm-hmm. But it kind of 
the Moritava kind of takes the life out of it. It gives life to it at a certain point. At a certain point, it'll give life to you because you're hearing about these things and they sound hard to understand. So you want a philosophical understanding. Hey, okay, I can sort of, yeah, it's really the philosophy that that makes sense and so forth. Hmm? That's the beginning. You'll give more emphasis to the tattva and, and that's important to explain like that. So you get yourself on the ground of tattva and you feel you've understood it, but, but are you feeling it? Hmm? So when you enter into the feeling of it, then the tantra becomes boring and and dry comparatively, hmm? comparatively. Hmm? And in lila, then there's a kind of unknowing caused by the yoga maya, hmm? and that unknowing constitutes a greater knowing in that we really only want to know in order to be happy. Hmm? So it gives pleasure to Krishna. Hmm? It's a drama, right? So there's the truth, and there's the drama, right? And then there's playing the part so well that you actually start to take on the characteristics of the person whose part you're 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 playing, and so forth. And you get lost, and that's the perfection of acting. So, so this kind of transcendental drama hmm, is the ultimate reality, reality, ultimate knowing. Krishna knows himself to be the son of Yasoda. You can say, well, yeah, I mean, he's the son of Yasoda, but really, this is his Adar Shakti, as Yasoda, and, and so on. And so, on. Yeah. so you can do that with your own life, too. I have all these feelings. But really, what's really happening is just um, you could break it down to physical or psychological. Hmm? I felt like this, but really, what was happening is you had psychological dysfunction, and this is why it was happening, or. Science tries to break it down. The harder scientists, there's just something going on in your brain. And, and so, so in a similar way, the spiritual world is working like that. Hmm? Does that help? Yeah. The Vedantists, like the spiritual kind of scientist, if you will, taking it all down to consciousness and philosophy and... Hmm. But who cares for that? <laughs> but you can't say that too soon. Hmm? Otherwise, you're, 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 you won't really get the fee- a feeling grounded in wisdom and knowing and, and the difference between matter and consciousness and so forth that, that, that is uh, basic to the, uh, the building of the life of Bhakti Ananda. You have to come to Atmaram to, to get Bhakti Ananda. So it's the same, you're asking the same question in one sense that we brought up. How can he who is fully self-satisfied become dissatisfied? Hmm? Right? How can he be dissatisfied? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's It does bewilder people. But <laughs> this is Gaudi Vedanta. And it's very charming. Hmm? And it very does, much does. It's very. It's actually very uh, user friendly for the humans. It's just so human centric in a way. The experience of the human being with regard to love, the shadow, even though it is of love, as we say. Hmm? Should we say that, that it was just just a hope that was false? Your consciousness. That's all. Just be. Or is there a possibility for loving? That's what Gaudiya Vaishnava says, yes, there is. So it's very inviting. Anything else? A little late, so we'll stop there.